Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains and 100 chemicals all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called cannabis sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Today, we are on location at the Seed to Sale show here at the Heinz Auditorium in Boston, Massachusetts. And it's the key national cannabis industry association event of the year. And it's right here in Boston. They also do two more of these. I believe it's in L.A. and in New York. Joining me is an author, an entrepreneur and a, res a native of Massachusetts, yeah. Ashley Pacillo, thank you so much for putting up with me. You are with the Point Seven Group. Point Seven. Yes. Tell me about the Point Seven Group. How did this happen, and how did somebody like you from Franklin, Massachusetts, end up in the cannabis business? <laughs> yeah, I mean, much to my parents' surprise, that's part of it. Uh, I don't think anyone saw this coming for me. Um, so I, I moved to Colorado in, at the end of 2013, so just before adult use was legalized there, and I started Point Seven about two years later. Um, between starting Point Seven and moving to Colorado, I was served as the head of operations, marketing, and sales for a vertically integrated facility there. Um, so I had a lot of people under management and was overseeing basically every department, every division. Um, it was a total crash course in all things cannabis um, and that was an incredible experience that basically paved the way to this so at the end of 2015 I started recognizing that you know states like Massachusetts were looking to Colorado for learning purposes mm -hmm. how do we do this better how do we avoid the same mistakes um, I think Colorado was an incredible model certainly not without some faults but I think overall the program was very successful and I, I think it allowed states like Massachusetts and Maryland, Pennsylvania, to develop programs that make sense um, and cherry pick the best regulations from other markets where we're already seeing legalization. So I started this to, um, A, consult with groups that had no idea how to get into this and didn't really understand the process of going through licensing and permitting. Um, and since then, we've scaled. We have a team of marketers, um, facility designers, operational uh, consultants that will actually go as far as working in your facility, training your staff and setting everything up. So it's been a, it's been a ride. So it's a consulting service with a lot of different uh, deliverables. Yep, exactly. But there is a female infusion of leadership in this company. There is, yeah. Which I have a tremendous amount of respect Thank for. Uh, I did go to your website and I saw all the little icons and all the little things you guys do and I was thoroughly impressed. And then I met her and I was even more impressed, to be honest, Ashley. Um, tell me how important it is for you as a female 
to be a successful businessman and what I saw mostly men in this business. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to see more women coming into the space. I don't think it's anywhere near where I would like it to be or where the industry needs it to be, but overall I think that um, you know, women, I mean, that's this entire basis of this book, which we can talk about next, but there's a lot we'll of... We'll talk uh, about the book next. Yeah, yes. there's, um, you know, there is an influx of women. I think a lot of the challenges relate to fundraising, um, and it's important to remember that you know, even if this industry is more inclusive, which in some ways I, th I think we're moving there, um, other industries that are working around ours, like fundraising, investments, banking, all of these things, have have historically been male dominated. So even if you know our industry is more inclusive, we're not operating in a vacuum. And um, I've been fortunate enough to not have to fundraise. I own the business outright, um, but I've started the process of you know thinking about that. And as soon as you do, you realize. There are not very many fund groups. I don't know if I can think of any in the space that are, you know, predominantly women-owned. Um, so, as a, you know, as a, as a business owner, um, and as someone who influences other clients all over the country, um, I think it's my responsibility to have, you know, a model business as far as diversity goes. So we we are um, we're a certified women-owned uh, business. We went through that process last year. And you know we we definitely have some men on our team, but but it's very women forward. And you know I, I, I love working with women when we we have a lot of female clients that are just total badasses, and we love them. Um, so I'd like to see this. You know, I'd like to see this continuing. I'm not happy with where we are, but but it's a start. You're yeah. driven by success. Yeah. Now I got to ask you about the book because you're sitting here. Yeah. I'm going to hold it up, breaking the glass ceiling. Grass. But, Sorry, breaking the grass ceiling. Usually, keyword. usually, <laughs> keyword, thank you. Usually I do well with a script. In that particular case, I screwed it up. Uh, breaking the grass ceiling, women, weed, and business. And you wrote this. Why did you write the book? Yeah, so I get asked that a lot. Um, uh, of course. Well, yeah, you know, that's... first question when you talk to an author. <laughs> Why'd you, you know, this is like, you know, interviewing 101 here. Yeah, yeah go yep, ahead. Yep, yep. So it, um, it was interesting. I, I actually submitted a panel to South by Southwest, which is a major conference in te uh, Austin, Texas, every year. It's a it's part business, part music, part film. Um, and I submitted a panel called Breaking the Grass Ceiling, which was myself and three other women that have been total pioneers in the space. Um, and a little while later, it must have been a month, a couple of months later after we learned that we were accepted to participate at this, which is... You know, South by considering it's in Texas has not always been very cannabis friendly so this was a huge deal to get this panel um, accepted to talk on a main stage in front of people that are you know not it's not a cannabis conference like we're at today um, so anyway ab about a month or so later the, the point of contact that we had said hey if any of you on the panel have ever written a book we'll put it in the bookstore and there you'd have a book you know next to Tim Ferriss's book and every other major author and I'm like this this could be really interesting. So uh, what a lot of people don't know, the, the book came together in, uh, in 45 days. Um, Lauren and I kind of slaved away at getting it done. Um, Tell me who Lauren is, because I'm not sure everybody knows yeah, who Lauren so, is. So Lauren and I grew up together. Um, Both after, from Franklin? Yeah, she's actually from Franklin as well. The Panthers, yeah. right? Crazy, yeah. The Panthers, yeah. right? I think that's a riot. <laughs> yeah, so she, um, so I'd known Lauren my whole life. She was working for me at the time, and it's like, I kind of have this crazy idea. Do you think this is doable? 
Uh, I don't know if either of us really believed that it was, but um, but we kind of went for it. And so I, I was lucky enough at that point to have very strong relationships with a number of women in the space, um, 21 of them to be uh, exact. So there's 21 women featured in the book. Um, the book is a, it's a biographical collection. So there are 21 short stories about women that entered the space through different paths. So you have you know, a leading scientist, you have a mother who was living in a, you know, a conservative state with a really sick child that needed this as medicine. Mm -hmm. um, you have, you know, consultants, edible manufacturers, basically the whole gamut of professions. Um, and I wrote it, one, because I, I thought that these stories needed to be told. Uh, two, I, I couldn't turn down the opportunity to launch a book at that, at that, that event. Um, and, you know, in three, I think that cannabis, I mean, it's still stigmatized, right? So you have people all over the place that are still worried about this plant. And I found, you know, especially growing up in Massachusetts, a state that emphasizes education, I've always found that reading, um, it, it's a barrier breaker. It's a, you know, this is a book. Nothing can happen to you. You can't get hurt. You can read about this plant in a way that you know, is safe. Um, I'm not shoving my ideas down your throat. These are relatable people. They're real people. Um, and I think that, you know, we've worked now in 60 markets around the country and, and now internationally. And it's women that I think open the door for cannabis reform or close that door based on, on that stigma and on those fears. Um, and so I, I wanted to put something together that could start to shift the conversation and shift the way that, you know, people see this. And I, I think a lot about my mother and my aunts and uncles and other people in my life that I've had to explain my profession to. Um, and I think something like this can really legitimize what we're doing here as an industry. The experience that you just described, talking to your parents and your family yeah. about cannabis yeah. is never an easy conversation. <laughs> Correct? Yeah, absolutely. At, at any level, right? And now we have a generation in Massachusetts that's actually going to grow up with it being legal. Yeah. So that little awkwardness phase in your <laughs> life, right? They won't have to go through that. How difficult was it for you? Uh, I think I'm, I'm very fortunate because I'm, I'm very close to my family and I think they, I didn't have a, I wasn't a cannabis consumer growing up. Um, so I think they understood that this was interesting for me for, for other reasons, partially for business reasons, advocacy reasons, social justice reasons. Um, you know, that didn't, doesn't mean they didn't raise an eyebrow, but they were actually one of the easier conversations. Um, there were other family members, there were other friends that, that couldn't quite wrap their heads around this decision. Um, but I think that, you know, people, I mean, all of us have a responsibility to continue pushing this conversation forward. And I think that uh, so many see or believe that this industry is, you know, just a, a bunch of lazy people that are, are smoking weed and not working. And the waking, it's not, waking bakers and stoners. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's. I am just, not. Need, yeah, you know, that, absolutely. what can I tell you? And not, nor am I. And, you know, nor, I mean, walk around this, right. this room, walk around this conference. This right. is. This industry is drawing people from all walks of life. Um, it really is a community, and I think that it's all of it's all of our responsibility to, you know, present what this industry and community really is. Um, and that's the only way that you'll start to really bend how people, you know, see this and how they believe this plant is changing things for better or worse. Well, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to in my life, and I'm sure you have too, that use this exact phrase 
cannabis has changed my life. Yep. Now, in Colorado, you were right in the middle of it at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Massachusetts, you're in the beginning of it yep. again. What advice would you give the business people that are out there, or even females who are thinking about getting into the business? For Besides buying your book and reading it first, <laughs> that would be the good well, thing. Well, right. I do think the book, um, I, you know, I, I'm very proud of the book because these are not my stories. I compiled stories from 21, you know, really powerful, intelligent women, and so yeah, I think that their stories are very, um, they're very honest. They're very direct. I mean, they're they're sharing where their businesses went sideways. Some of them have pretty heartbreaking stories, and I think that we can learn a lot from that. And I, I really appreciated how open most of these women were about telling not just the good, but the, some of the really challenging things that they went through. So I think that to answer the second part, the advice to women, um, there's, you know, one of the things that we hear a lot when we're working on the consulting side of the business, um, people are, you know, they think that cannabis is growing, manufacturing, or retailing. And I think it's more, I mean, obviously it's more than that. If you walk around this conference, you'll see it. There's every kind of company imaginable. So that's my, that's my advice. W figure out where your strengths are and what you're passionate about. And it doesn't mean that you have to become a cultivator to get into this space. Um, figure out, you know, what you're really good at and then bring that skill set into this industry. If you're an incredible marketer, we need that. You know, you don't have to change your profession. You just need to change your industry and look at this. Um, and I think, you know, advice for new operators, um, certainly looking at other markets and, and understanding what went well and what didn't is extraordinarily important. Um, you know, we, we've worked on, on the consulting side now for enough years to know that um, I mean, putting a hallway in the wrong place could cost you millions over the mm. course of a year or two when you mm. think about optimizing a, a facility that you're in. So it's very important to choose your team wisely, choose your partners wisely. Um, you know, we invite all our clients to call our call other clients of ours, read our testimonials, actually get to know you know our team and what we're capable of. And I think new new operators need to be doing that aggressively for every vendor, for every piece of equipment, because. You know, like I said earlier, this industry is drawing all kinds of people, um, and for the most part, I think that it's a it's a really good, healthy, happy industry. But there's, you know, like any business, there's there's less. Um, there are a few that you probably don't want to rub elbows with. So do your homework, do your research, and um, yeah, and, and never stop learning because what we're doing as an industry today and what we're going to do next week are different. This is, this is moving. And the second you get comfortable, you're, you're, you're not going to make it. I'm blown away by your maturity, your experience, <laughs> how you, you articulate yourself. Thank I mean, you. holy moly. Now, you know, I have 40 years in media. Yeah. You know that media is an enemy of a lot of people. Sure. And from Washington DC on down, let's yes. just say, okay. Yes. But I, am dedicating the rest of my life to telling the positive stories of the cannabis business. Thank you for doing that. Well, I, it's, I like to do it. Yeah. You said, find your passion. You'll never work a day in your life, right? I agree. That's, that's I the work. key. That's the key. <laughs> you have to enjoy what you do yes. so that you're passionate about it. You're enthusiastic every day you wake up. There's something new, another yep. challenge, right? Yep. And I worked with young people for the last 10, actually my whole career, interning yeah. and all that. And this is what I preach to them all the time. Now, as a media company, what would you suggest 
we do that others, and again, I know there aren't too many media companies, especially multimedia companies sure. in this space, to get noticed. And, or am I already doing it by being out here with my camera? Hopefully it works. <laughs> you know, until, until we're properly capitalized, there's no one behind that camera, okay? Uh, that being said, I've had some challenges with technology yeah. my whole life anyway, as all of us have had. Sure. So you're a consultant. And I'm going to ask you to do this, you know, yeah. because yeah. I, I need to know. Yeah. What would you give me as a suggestion? Well, I, I think you asked, am I already doing it? And I, 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 um, I get asked this a lot about writing a business plan and having a plan. You know, right we don't we have are. a business plan. I mean, I have a business plan that's changing. But if I sat down and I wrote this business plan three years ago, what we're doing now and what I thought we were going to be doing are totally different. Right. So my advice to all people thinking about, you know, how do I get in and how do I do this? Don't overthink that part. Just go do the thing that you do. So you coming here with a camera and setting this up, that's what you do. And I think that it's, you know, this is not an easy space. Um, by the way, it's, setting up the camera isn't as easy that I find out, out all the time. I could not do it. So, <laughs> so let's keep yeah, going. But I think but, it's yep. um, get it, you know it's it's not an easy space. It's very competitive. It's you know I agree with you that not working a day in your life when you're passionate about something. But I mean, quite frankly, while I am as very passionate about what I do, I, I work seven days a week. I work all the time. Um, I love it, and I'm I feel very blessed for that. But it's it's grueling. So you know it's not a space where. It's not for the faint of heart, um, and you know if you're if you want to be successful in this, especially you know with what you're doing on the media side, it starts with this um, and putting yourself out there and just talking to everyone. Um, the other piece of advice I would have specifically for you, as as a differentiator, um, you know, there's there's people in this space that are covered over and over again. Um, and I, I think some of them are tremendous. I would include myself in that in some ways. Some of these are friends and colleagues of mine that you see on the magazines and you see in the interviews and on the podcasts and whatever. Um, and, and that's great. And some of them deserve that level of attention because they've done some phenomenal things. But there are so many stories uh, that never get told from the people that are actually in the facilities growing these plants or tending to these plants or supporting the consulting business or whatever. Um, you know, I, I try really hard to get my team out there, whether they're speaking or they're being interviewed, because their stories need to be told too. And I think that as an industry, we need to be better about looking beyond the people that we now know and the, the kind of characters that we see um, over and over again. So that would be my my advice. Thank you for that <laughs> advice. Yeah. And I believe in exactly what you're saying. And I've been trying, I've just started doing it. As you know, the Cannabis Multimedia Network has not been around for more than a few weeks, okay? Uh, so we're pretty excited about Good. what I think we can do. Thank you. And again, I just want it to work. I want to give the people, I want to give those people that you want those stories told an opportunity to share it. Yeah. That's all media is, is a conduit for information. Sure. And it's going to be a grassroots effort. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, puns. so many puns in this industry. There are. It's crazy, there right? Are. Every every and I think we just just buried a few of them on the floor, but that's another <laughs> story. Um, but Ashley, you've been an absolute joy. I, as Thank I look you. back at this event, there's going to be two things that stand out, and we're going to and we're going to end it with the re reaction to Steve Hoffman, the commissioner of the Massachusetts Cannabis Commission, did the keynote 
It was not an address. It was a one-on-one -on -one interview, which I thought was a nice twist. I did too. Right? Yeah. That being said, what were your impressions of Steve Hoffman and how he handled that situation? Because, you know, he was like, oh, I'm giving the address. I'm giving the address. And I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. See what kind of a public speaker he is. Yeah. And the next thing I know, he's getting interviewed. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I took a lot away from that. That was uh, one of the, the key reasons for wanting to be here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actively trying to be more involved with the commission. We are currently one of seven vendors that were qualified by the state to support the social equity program. Um, so we, were, we received notification of that in the fall and we're getting ready to go through the next round of steps. So, um, you know, from a business perspective, our team was very eager to hear his thoughts. Um, I, I think that in all parts of the industry nationwide, there's a lot of criticism about, you know, legislators and timelines and delays. And, you know, the reality is we're all figuring this out. Um, I as we go. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked in 23 or 24 states now. And I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased. I grew up here. I care a lot, but about Massachusetts. Um, but I'm really, really proud of the way that this is coming together. And honestly, if there are delays and if things aren't moving as quickly as people believe they should, I truly believe that it's because this commission wants to get it right. And they, they really care about, you know, not just putting this together as quickly as possible, but designing a model that can, that get, can be followed and replicated. Um, the social equity program here, you know, while there are beginnings of that in other markets, this is the most robust program by far and the most thoughtful, in my opinion. There's so many good things that I think can come out of this. And, you know, we're eager to get going. And there's days where I wish, you know, it would be a little bit quicker because I, I really want to dig in. Um, but I, I really do appreciate the, you know, the time and the thought that's going into getting this right, because it's far easier to do that than trying to retrofit it later. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I think he addressed that very, very well and, you know, handles any, there, there will be criticism. I'm sure he's used to that from his consulting days too. And um, that comes with the territory. So I, I found it to be quite informative, very direct. And, um, you know, I appreciate candor like that. It's great. Well, he has agreed to come on my show. Awesome. I'm not going to be doing it here. Yeah. And I'm going to be doing it back in my studio with technical support okay, help. Okay. Okay. So, and I and I worship those people because yeah. it means I get to just listen to the person and have a conversation yeah. with sure. them. And I so enjoy talking with you. Same. Ashley Pacillo is Thank her you name. Very Thank much. you. Appreciate the name of the, the book again is Breaking the Grass Ceiling. <laughs> Thank okay, you. and her group is Point Seven Group, and the website that you can find out about Point Seven Group is Point Seven Group .com. Amazing, <laughs> for Ashley. I'm Jimmy Young. We'll see you next time on In the Weeds. <laughs> Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower. It's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young.
Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. In the Weeds is a podcast for the Cannabis Multimedia Network for the enjoyment and education of our audience. It is available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and a video record is available on the WeedTube and on the Cannabis Multimedia Network. Any medical advice is not a reflection of the management of CLNS Media or Cannabis Multimedia Network.